good morning or good afternoon or good evening or whatever time you're listening. Um, thank you for tuning in to For Real though. And it's been a while. It's been a while since... Okay, uh, my guest is making obscene gestures in the webcam, so I'm trying not to, <laughs> trying not to laugh. Anyways, um, it's, it's been a while since uh, I recorded a podcast episode like for Spotify or for the audio platforms because I tried going back to YouTube for a while, but then I realized it kind of limits the length of the podcast, so we're switching back to the longer-form audio podcast. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest who is still continuing to make the most obscene pictures <laughs> by webcam. He's an artist and he's, he's also a muralist and he has murals like all over the world actually, not just here in Manila. There's some in uh, India, some in New York. And he's also a huge movie geek because his art is like hugely influenced by movies. So, okay. <laughs> all being recorded <laughs> i have the video recording of all those gestures for future use for your future use for, for my tonight's use. future use so just, just finish, finish you know, me. without further ado uh jappy lemon so Woo. jappy and i are gonna be talking about movies that kind of foreshadowed this crazy year of ours 2020 Cause and, and not not just any movie from any year, because that, that would be such a big like uh bracket. So many movies could have prophesized uh 2020, but we're gonna keep it to 2019 movies. So it's extra yeah, year. Because because if you're doing like of all time, it doesn't really seem like oh it's a foreshadowing, it's just like oh this compares to to now. But if it's recent, it's like whoa, they told the story just last year. And it's happening now. What? So, yeah. Okay, brief like rundown before we get to the movies. For those listening not in 2020, those who kind of forgot yeah. the news in 2020. Or if like you're in the far, far future and you find this on your, your great-grandfather's iPhone. Uh, Ancient iPhone. It's an artifact. 2020, 2020 was a terrible is a terrible year it's only six months in yeah and things just keep getting worse like right when you think oh things get get any shittier than this the next month it just surprises you they make memes so they make memes of like oh next month is gonna be this and then something bad happens and you think man that's much worse than what the meme was (laughs) and they have memes of godzilla or the kaijus from pacific rim coming but then what happens in reality is much worse than, than monster attacks or something. So they're like the actual monsters we have who are in charge. Way of, worse. Like I'd rather I'd system. rather Manila get destroyed by by giant monsters than what, what's happening now. Which you can't exactly talk about because we'd get in trouble officially. <laughs> we can state the facts. So let's run down 2020 right. so far. Um in January, what happened in January? Well, it seems like the, ages ago. <laughs> uh, the coronavirus was was full force declared a uh, was like a pandemic, like a crisis, right? In January, yeah. and then that's when countries started closing down. Also in January, a volcano exploded in in, in the, the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. So that. 
in February. What happened in February? In February, I think that's when like coronavirus was getting really bad, like internationally. Oh, it, yeah, it spread to like Korea was badly hit. Hong Kong, there was the Hong Kong protest also in February. Yeah. Um, Japan was badly hit, and China was, I think, closed down in Feb. Also, so that. not coronavirus related is the Australian bushfires in the end of January. Wasn't it the end of January? Also, January. Yeah, January yeah. also. Australia was on fire. That was so bad, dude. I mean, like, the Amazon so last bad. year was bad enough, and we had the Australian bushfires. And in uh, February, okay, it's not a global crisis per se, but it affected a lot of us. Is the death of Kobe. Rest in peace. Kobe did die. Yeah, I mean, like, it's still someone as inspiring and as, as monumental as Kobe was for him to die in such a tragic way is still somewhat, you know, affecting of everyone in the world. Like, this guy is a legend, a living legend, and then he just went out in the worst possible way. Yeah, so it's literally one for the books. Like, if, if they put 2020 in the history books, Kobe will be there for sure. Um, and then in March, that's when the coronavirus had spread to, I think, like 80 or 90% of the world. That's when and the then they started the closing down. Yeah, that's when it really just exploded. Um, countries closed down, businesses closed down, everything was on lockdown. Um, it was, that was terrible. That was horrible. Then from April to now, it's just been like this whole hodgepodge of like horrible Lots things of weird happening. Stuff. Yeah, so a lot of politically April, relevant stuff. Yeah, yeah. it got really po- political in, in April. And then in May, um, of course, there was the death of George Floyd, yeah. which, uh, you know, if you're reading, watching this from the future, Google it. It's very terrible, um, which caused, we're not going to get into it here. It's not a news podcast, but, you know, we're just giving you a yeah. refresher. Um, so just real quick, George Floyd was a black man in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, in the United States, who was murdered by a white officer and sparked nationwide and even worldwide protest, um, even during the pandemic. That's how bad it was. You could catch the coronavirus when you go outside, but people choose to go outside in order to affect change. And that's, a, that, I think that's a great thing. It's not great, like, man, like, it's great. People are going out getting sick. It's great that people still care enough yeah. despite uh, the virus. There shouldn't be a reason to do this, but here we are. It's 2020 and shit like this is still happening. Yeah, they're, they're like still standing up for what's right, even if like it, their safety depends on it, you know? Right. So there's a real race, not race war, race uprising, something. Kind of? Like a revolution. Uh, the revolution has racial... begun. <laughs> the revolution Cor- has begun. As Korg would say. <laughs> the, yeah, there's a whole race revolution going on in the United States where people of color, especially black people, are, are rising up against police brutality and systemic racism, which I think is great. And um, we need that. And yeah, and I hope it solves itself soon. I get, I get solved soon, sorry. Yeah. And in the Philippines, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like to sum- summarize things really quickly, um, the people in charge are sh- shittier than ever. Let's we'll just put it at that. And they've always been kind of like shitty. Oh, is there a knock <laughs> at the door? Uh, oh my God, so, they're here. The police have come to get us. So basically, laws are being passed or are not even passed yet. And activism has been uh, seen as terroristic 
and people are getting arrested for their free speech. Which is and insane. How is that terrorism? It's 2020 and people can't even speak out against terrible governance. And there we go. And that same thing happened to Hong Kong, I think, last, last month. Yeah. Um, where China has all but taken complete control of Hong Kong. And then they're going to do it to us very soon, which is also scary. And that's just like, it's just June. I just hope we don't it's add, I hope we don't add more to that list. Like as it's, the year it's goes It's only past. halfway done. Like it's only June 13th yeah. as of this recording. I don't want to speak be too more. soon. There could be more. But anyway, so there, uh, 2020 has been a real shithole. And there are probably many more things we haven't even touched on that we don't even, we're not super aware about either. Other countries could be experiencing terrible things also that we don't even know. Those are just the things we know. What movie comes to your mind right away? Like, what's the first movie you think of that came out last year that's like, oh my God, this, that is so eerie? <laughs> there's okay, so yours? many, because there's so many topics that happen. Um, like on a worldwide worldwide scale, the whole you know racial revolution, the revolution, mm-hmm. uh, you know, revolution against police brutality and systemic racism. It's movies like Knives Out or yeah. Us, um, which really come to mind. Like the yeah, top of mind. Those were like the most uh, foreshadowing movies of 2020. On a, on a political level, I think they they were the most uh, prophetic. Politically, yeah, there. Yeah. Because if we're going to talk about, let's say, okay, so those are two of the movies on the list, right? Yeah. Um, us, what was the story of Us? <laughs> us is like, well, on a literal level, um, this average family just gets like, how do I say this? Um, they get attacked by this family of clones of, of their, their own family, doppelgangers, basically, or the tethered, as they're called in the, the movie. In the film. And they, for those who haven't watched, of course, we're going to uh, kind of delve into some spoilers here. Oh, so, yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. In the, yeah, we're going to have spoilers. Not so. super major spoilers, but like... Um, still, just, still watch it. Yeah. You should still watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, so in Us, eventually you find out that these tethered people aren't monsters or uh, paranormal beings of any sort. They're actually an, uh, a government project got wrong and they were just abandoned. <laughs> And on a, a metaphorical level, because of course they didn't say this in the movie because that would be too on the nose, but to kind of represent the less privileged people. I think basically it's, it's an allegory. Wow, big word. Uh, it's an allegory for allegory. privilege and, and how, how people are portrayed in the media differently when you're privileged and how, how you get better things when you're privileged and then you yeah. just leave underprivileged to the wayside, especially by the government or by privileged people. Even if privileged people necessarily don't have any fault in the plight of the underprivileged, they flaunt their privilege too much and you know it makes the underprivileged feel less worth it, I guess. Yeah. And to, to the privileged people, I mean, this isn't completely their fault at all, but like they don't see what the less privileged people are going through. Because in the movie, they're literally underground. And I guess yeah. that's uh, a figure of speech for like, you really don't pay attention to them at all. You don't see them. I mean, okay, let's, let's talk like the details. So the, the, the main character, Lupita. Yeah. That's her name. But Played Lupita's character Lupita. yeah. was 
when she was a, a young child, stumbled upon the government project and found her clone, her doppelganger. And what the clones do are basically mirrored images of what the normal people do in the overworld. So it's very science fiction-y. But then they, the, when they meet, the, the clone basically complains to Lupita's character, like, we did everything the same way you did. We went through everything you did, but how come we got the short end of the stick? And that was pretty much, that, that whole exchange, that scene, was pretty much, you know, just talking about privilege in America. Yeah. Like, we do what you do. We face the things you face, but how come we get treated differently than you? And in the movie, they're like literally carbon copies of them. Like there's no difference yeah. between the two of them. And yet the less privileged ones are like completely ignored by the rest of the world. And I guess that happens now, especially during quarantine. Yeah. Um, where, you know, if you're privileged and you're rich and you have the means, you're having a good time and everyone's affected by the coronavirus. But if you're underprivileged somehow, you get the short end of the stick. You don't, and, and privileged people are so blind to that. Yeah. You know, like, like, oh, while, while, you know, it's not bad to be privileged and to, and to exercise your privilege, you kind of get lost about thinking about others. You know, you're flaunting, you're, you're baking cinnamon rolls and cookies and banana Making bread. Dalgona coffee. <laughs> Making Dalgona coffee and, and doing TikToks while other people are, are going out of their way trying to make money in a world that just can't even operate because of the virus. And we're still blind to that, which sucks. And also, like on a creepier level, but on an over analytical level too, us is like suddenly they have clones popping up everywhere, right? Here in the Philippines, yeah. for those who aren't aware. That actually uh, is funny. So in the Philippines, yeah. Yeah. Um, our president has these uh, very questionable supporters. <laughs> Who, Let's not blame the president. Yeah, we can't blame the president, but there's no rule against blaming his supporters. So his supporters like just like blindly follow this dude and protect him, even if he doesn't <laughs> give two shits about them. So they're kind of like the hyenas from Lion King, just blindly supporting Scar because Scar promises them scraps and stuff like that. And but they never get it. Never get it. Yeah, and they never get it. So in the Philippines, what, what happened is since a lot of us are like standing up for what we believe in online because there's not any other platform we can do that on so much. Um, these supporters have been making fake dummy, dummy accounts of everyone who's yeah. been standing up to the president. So it was, it's kind of like us, but in a negative way. I mean, it's not <laughs> confirmed that it was them, but there's, yeah. there's a lot of evidence that it was run by them. Yeah. And... Even the government, our government's silence on the issue kind of feeds into the, the theory that, that, you know, the supporters or whoever, someone was paid to do this by someone else. It's not just a random thing. The government said it was a glitch. Uh, Facebook glitched. Facebook did not say it glitched, you know. <laughs> I mean, sure, sure, it's funny if you think about, oh, they're just making dummy accounts using our names and... Uh pictures if ever eventually but the scary side of that is what if they start posting like truly threatening things to the government and it's attached to your name then the police would have a legit reason to like bust down your doors and like arrest you for something you didn't do that's the scary side yeah so they're exploiting the new law the new bill that says yeah. 
Um, well, there's a new bill. It's called the anti-terrorism bill here in the Philippines. If you're sure from not here, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> it's it basically says if any act of terrorism, um, which is so broad, can be anything can be construed as an act of terrorism, even online. So if these people making dummy accounts start making terrorist the uh, terrorist content on other people's faces, we can get uh what's the word I'm looking for? Or frame frame. Frame. There yeah. we go. We get framed for something we didn't even do. And seeing as how um our very competent government <laughs> officials handle similar situations, you know, it it can't just be like Oh, it's probably a dummy account. They're they're gonna get us because they're so competent. Yeah, and, and uh, for those who don't know, <laughs> even memes, even freaking sharing of memes about this government could be counted as terrorism. That's how ridiculous the bill is. They're just yeah. As long as you're against government, because it's an act of terrorism, they can get you, and that's a scary thing. So anyway, back to the movies. Hey. <laughs> Back to the movies. <laughs> that was really depressing because <laughs> it's too. It's real and it's happening right now. It's so real. It's, it's really frustrating. It's, it's really real. If you are uh, not aware, if you're not in the Philippines, but you want to read up on this thing, just Google uh, anti-terrorism bill Philippines, and a lot of things will pop up. And so, th- so that's next? all we're gonna say about that because, like, uh, this is a movie podcast, and we don't want to get arrested. <laughs> so, um, next up, I think you brought up Knives Out. And I, out. I, okay. I watched this last year, but Jappy just rewatched it. So I'm going to let this. him lead the discussion on this movie. <laughs> okay. So if for any of you who haven't seen Knives Out, please watch it. It's one of the best so Ryan Johnson so films. It's actually one of the best films of the, of the past few years, uh, murder mystery films. And man, I don't want to spoil it because I want you guys to watch it, but there's going to be light spoilers. It's basically also a race movie without, without it being overtly about race, if, if you catch my drift. Yeah, it's like a lot of symbolisms. There's a lot of, like, you can watch it and it could just be a straight, straight out uh, murder, murder mystery, mystery but yeah. you could take all these things and they would add up as an allegory. Again, there's the word allegory for a political situation because the main character okay so let's get into the mild spoilers mm-hmm. um the premise is a rich man is murdered and his whole family you know it's your typical who killed who you and his rich white family note um mm-hmm. is being questioned and uh, suspects for the murder even though it looks like a suicide um Benoit Blanc, played by James Bond, thinks it was Daniel a murder, Craig. so he's yeah. yeah, so he has to uh, look look through it. The only person who has nothing to gain, but is you know is being sus- suspected by everyone, is the maid. No, not the maid. Sorry. Oh, she yeah, she's his nurse. She's the nurse. Yeah. Um, the maid is the white the white girl. She's more of the maid. Uh, Anna de Armas, Armas plays. Um, what's her name? I just played, watched it. Uh, she plays the nurse. The nurse. And she's, yeah, the nurse. She's a person of color in the movie. Throughout the movie, they, the white family assures her that they're going to take care of her, that yeah. they're going to, you know, that they love her and she's part of the family, even though they're all rich and white. And the white people all represent kind of different 
classes of white person. You have your, your millennials, your right wing, left wing, your uh, blue collar workers. You got your, your rich white collar people, um, even your hippies, uh, the other mom. And they're all assuring Anna de Armas's character that they love her and they're going to protect her until they find out that the rich white guy, the movie, plans on giving her their his entire estate and they yeah. start they, they turn on her and even the even the the left wing liberal character um who you know supposedly loves her uh, Anna Dermas and their real friends turns on her because her inheritance was in danger and i think that really speaks to what's happening in america right now it's like that was long that's fine uh, it was a very, it's very concise, actually, if you consider everything that happened in the movie. There's um, so much more. I left out yes. a lot, but there. But thank you for leaving it out, because, like, uh, the less you know going into this movie, the better it's going to be. Because the treatment yeah. is just so exciting. Like, sure, we talked about it on a, like, uh, a symbolic level, but the actual story, if you don't, even if you don't think about it much, it's super fun to watch. We're not going to tell you who, who, who actually did it or the who plot. Who killed Christopher look Plummer. At Look at the the color, the racial, the racial politics at play. Yeah, they're all white. She's a person of color, um, and watch how they interact and treat her uh, throughout the whole thing. Speaking to how it relates to twenty twenty. Yeah, it's just how you know this whole this whole Black Lives Matter and the whole racial revolution going on in the states. I don't know if we should be calling it racial revolution. Please let us know if that's wrong. We don't know what to call it. You, you can see how, I don't want to blame like white people, but you can see how the privileged and let's go with it, white people tend to come out of the woodwork when racial yeah, situations happen, when things of racial politics happen, you can see how they start treating others. And it's terrible. To further add to what Jappy was saying is, I think the house is just a symbolism for America. Yep, the, the mansion. house and uh, the old guy, the old man. And um, the white people who were just, who think they're born into it, just think they're entitled to it just because they were born in it. There and, we go, yeah, there. And um, I think to further drive the point home is later on in the movie, the maid was talking to Ana de Armas. Or I don't, I don't remember if it's the maid, but one of the characters said, Dude, they didn't even build this house. Like somebody else built it, yeah, and the, they just bought it. <laughs> the land is the land is, I believe, um, Native American. Yeah, like this isn't even like their like white people soil. This is Native American. Like they own this land, and so it really speaks to how white people feel entitled to yeah. so much stuff. When in reality, it's the people of color. It's the Native Americans who really deserve the the land it's the people of color who work so hard and give their 100 percent without wanting anything more but to live peacefully who get the short end of the stick that's speaking of racism because i think we should we shed a lot of light on knives out already without spoiling too much is an, yeah. another uh movie that kind of like foreshadowed uh topics that would be relevant this year is jojo rabbit have you seen jojo rabbit yeah i love jojo yeah I so good movie. i thought it would I wanted to win the Oscar, but you know it is it is so charming. It's one of I think it's one of Taika's Taika Waititi's best movies so far, if not yeah. his best movie. I mean, critically speaking, 
And well, he's still you, young. I think he's yeah, he's still still turned out better movies. If you haven't seen the movie, if you read uh, the summary, it sounds ridiculous. It's about this uh, little boy who has Hitler as an imaginary friend. And uh, the, the crazy, that's basically it. And it takes place during the war. And uh, that's all you have to know, really. And well, Jojo, the name of the main character, the little boy, he finds a Jew in his basement. In his attic, I mean. Uh, the, over, the underlying theme, rather, of the entire thing is basically getting past racism. And like, kids are taught to be racist, basically. A lot exactly. of kids are taught to be racist. And it's not oh, entirely their fault. It's not yeah. entirely their fault, right? So, um, without spoiling the end of the movie, that's the main takeaway, I think, from the entire film. Like, you gotta get yeah, past it's, that. It's, it's, I was watching it the other day, actually. I think I watched it yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's, it's how people are not born to be prejudiced. It yeah. is taught to them. And in in ways that are so wild like jojo the character they're they're teaching him what you know what jews look like what they sound like how they act but then he meets the jewish girl in the attic and like she's a normal person how come they taught me all these things but she's she's just like me she's just like my his older sister or or someone she's like she's just a normal person i can't believe they taught me all this stuff and like he uh, continues to treat her like a monster until he finds out that like, yeah she has a soft side, and of course he's guarded because he wants to be tough because like uh, <laughs> yeah. men during that time were expected to be like uh, the protectors of their households and stuff like that. So he's putting a lot of pressure historically, on himself. Historically, historically it was the end of the war and uh, children yeah. were now being taught to become soldiers. So you know Hitler's a terrible piece of crap for doing that. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Towards the end of the war, uh, they started teaching children to, to become soldiers because they were losing and so yeah and he needed to save his mother and save his family and save germany from the jewish scourge quote unquote but he realizes they're just like she's just like me i can't believe they they taught me all these ter- terrible things yeah and their, their relationship is just endearing also like between oh, Jojo nice. and the jewish girl i think I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. I think she, she, he falls in love with her, I, I believe. Yeah, right? like, but in a very oh. uh, puppy love kind of way. It's not in, in a, a crazy way. Not, yeah. a, not a weird, not a, not a weird way, guys. Come on, but yeah, pretty good. I really, and in a really wholesome way, he does. Yeah, in a really wholesome way. And okay, so that's the racial issue side of, of Jojo Rabbit, the prejudicial side yeah. of Jojo Rabbit. But also, sometimes when you mentioned we were going to talk about it, I was like, oh, it's about quarantine. <laughs> oh, that too, that too, for for the Jewish um, girl, for for both of them, because they both don't want to leave the house. Um, he's like staying there. They're doing. I'm not saying that being trapped in an attic is a fun experience, uh, especially in those days. But you you kind of see like the whole closeness of it, just being at home, both of them. How crazy they can both get, especially Jojo. He starts talking to his his Hitler imaginary friend more, more and more and more. It's just, you know, in a light, funny way. Yeah, I think uh, among the best movies last year, or let's just say the best picture nominees last year, Jojo <laughs> Rabbit is the most lighthearted one. Like the treatment for it, even though the topic is well, kind of dark, it's about the you war. Didn't think, 
Hey, Marriage Story was so light and fluffy. Hey, man. <laughs> if, if you're going to ask my personal opinion on the nominees last year, Marriage Story wrecked me the most. <laughs> marriage out Story of, was... Out of all the nominees last year. Guys, everyone, if you haven't seen Marriage Story, if you want a lighthearted family <laughs> comedy, you know, it's better than most Will Ferrell <laughs> movies. It's better than the Adam Sandler movies. Marriage Story. Watch it with your kids. Watch it with your wife or husband. <laughs> and totally not think about getting divorced. <laughs> and, and just absorb the good positive vibes. If any. that movie. If yeah. any. If any. Uh, another movie, I think, is we're talking about um, uprisings, right? And there are yeah. a lot of riots going on. And there are... Not just in America, even here. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. People the Philippines. A revolution, I believe, could be starting here soon, but online and everything. Yeah. So, and it could, everywhere, everyone is fighting for their rights everywhere. And the scary thing is, like, uh, and it's a reality, it could get a lot worse from where it is now. <laughs> so... That's true. I think a good movie that kind of foreshadowed this. And you know how people assign meaning to people who are doing these things uh, in the public, even if it wasn't their intention. Like, for example, um, in America, all these black people suffering and all the black people who get shot down, I'm sure they didn't mean to spark a revolution. Uh, They didn't mean to um, start an uprising. But due to circumstances and due to what happened to them, uprisings happened. And I think that similar thing happened in Joker. Like, for oh, example... Oh, I forgot about Joker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I couldn't. It was my favorite movie last year, so... Forgot. No, I forgot yeah. Like it was, it was last year. That's how long oh, yeah. this year has been. And it was, late was last, it, it was late last year. So it's I forgot. fairly recent. But that, and, that could be true. In, yeah. a less, in a less criminal sense, of course, yeah. because we know Joker, uh, he started a, an uprising, a revolution in Gotham City, but it was more criminal in nature. Yeah. So just to clear out the air, yeah. Um, we're not saying it's a criminal thing, but it does have similarities in a in a way. In a way. Because if you think about Can't it. Explain. Uh, uh yeah. Let's forget the fact that Arthur Fleck killed people. Because <laughs> yeah. uh besides that, he's me- mainly a victim of society. Like uh his health care was taken away from him. Um, like his his mother and him are suffering from poverty and like a lot of other things that shortcomings of the government, and now the masses are starting to rise up and they got inspired by Arthur Fleck standing up to the government, even if he didn't intend to become a symbol, he became a symbol. I think it is another it's another privileged people, underprivileged person rising up type of movie yeah. so it's it's the same as not the same as us but like in the same theme where you know Arthur Fleck as terrible as the Joker is as a character I mean he is a, he is a criminal he's a murderer yeah. but when I watched interviews uh, of of Todd the Todd Phillips the director Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips yeah Todd Phillips he said like he didn't want to make a movie about a crazy person he wanted to make a movie about what what con- what creates this kind of person what what environment and what's what situations can lead up to someone 
really breaking down and yeah. and turning into the Joker. And so I think, yeah, that's it's right. I mean, not just speaking about uh, the situation in America, speaking about here, you can turn normal everyday students into powerful activists because of all the un- injustice. Exactly. You know, something and, like that. And like, I love that take on it because it's not Joker's canon origin. It's like one of his possible origins. And I love how in the old movies, in, well, in the Jack Nicholson movie, uh, he was thrown into a vat of toxic waste and he was always a bad guy, kind of one-dimensional. When this one, Arthur was really a good guy deep down, but he was thrown into society. Like that's the he vat was, of toxic waste in the modern He was world. a good guy who was mistreated and, and thrown to the side by, by normal society. And yeah. So... He lost his he lost his mind, and yeah, and that's when the underprivileged of of, of Gotham uh, started rising up against police, against the rich, because of him. He started uh, people really saying, "Hey, you know, it is true. The rich and the and the police and the privileged they just they do all these things and they throw things at us. They throw us away, and we can't we don't stand it anymore." Exactly. And you know what I love about that is for Arthur Fleck, everything was just personal. It's about him and his relationship to Thomas Wayne and his mom. But eventually, um, it turned into this whole uh, thing that concerned the whole city. Like he didn't intend to be a a symbol. Like he said so in the talk show in the end. Like I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't mean to spark a revolution, but it just happened. That's kind of what's happening like with the whole uh, thing in America and thing here. It's like, one person gets mistreated, then we all see it, and we're like, "Hey, that happens to all of us. We should stand up to the it's, bad guys." It's an empathy thing, yeah. you know. Like, I don't want to say George Floyd is the Joker. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's like, he's like totally the opposite of it, if anything. But he didn't mean to become a symbol, and yet here he is starting this uprising. No one want like let's let's put it like this. No one wanted it to happen. And yeah. no one wanted, you know, I saw this quote where like people are getting mad at protesters. Like you're protesting uh, during a, a pandemic. Are you crazy? And then the, the other side is like, shouldn't you be more mad that despite a pandemic, we have to protest? You know, it, it's more like these kinds of things shouldn't happen. No one wanted this to happen, but we have to do it. And I think that's, that's more of the situation the whole riot situation in the States with the protests and everything. It's very, uh, there are a lot of double standards. Like people don't put it on the news when there are riots because of concerts or like uh, celebrities. Yeah. But when it's political, when it's about race, suddenly it's everywhere. And like, suddenly they're bad. They're bad for doing the protests, which is so yeah, one-sided. There's also that whole thing with Trump where he, like people protested lockdown. People protested the quarantine. Like, I want to get a haircut. I want to go play golf. So stupid. Yeah. And then Trump was just like, "Hey, let's let's take it easy on these guys. They just want to get their haircuts or whatever." And then when uh, people of color and when uh, Black America rose up to protest the death of George Floyd, he started calling people thugs, and that was ridiculous. He's a ridiculous man. Man, okay, if you're an American citizen. Please exercise your right to vote. And also, yeah. if you're a, a Filipino citizen, man, even more. Please. I mean, Please vote. Yeah. 
everyone please vote wisely in your next election because um, yeah. like i saw this article this morning yeah where we have terrible leaders everywhere at the worst possible time it's just so true we have uh, our leaders here not to be named we can't y- you know who um, <laughs> you know who uh there's trump and then there's uh, a boris boris guy from the uk the racist dude so it's kind of like you know that whole uh metaphor about the frog in the hot water like no there's this there's this frog uh if you boil a frog in hot water starting from a uh tolerable temperature and slowly boil it it's not gonna get out till it dies but if you suddenly throw the frog into hot water it's gonna jump out so I think 2020 is that year where we're thrown into the hot water and we're like, we got to change everything. Because like, yeah, things a lot are of so change. bad. A lot of change is going to happen this year and next year. And it's good to see, but also it's terrible that it had to be necessary. Yeah. Like this shouldn't have to be necessary, but it is. And we will fight here in the Philippines. We're fighting in the States where they're fighting and, you know, we're all empathizing with each other. Yeah, everywhere around the world. And it's what the horrible thing is, it's amidst this like pandemic where uh, the pandemic is supposed to be the main priority. And yet all these other man-made issues keep popping up, which sucks. Like big time. It really sucks. I mean, you should be taking care of the pandemic. Some countries, not to be named. (laughs) And yet busy persecuting activists. Yeah. Some countries, not to be named. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think another movie that uh, shed light on this whole masses against the privileged thing is, please tell me you've watched it already, Parasite. Have you seen it? No, I haven't okay. seen it. <laughs> but dude, okay, you but, have to. Like, there's no more excuse. Like, Go, spoil it. Spoil it. Okay, I, I, I have it. I watch movies by not watching it. You know, like, when I watch movies, I'm usually working, so yeah. I don't look at the screen. I listen, and I don't want to get a dub version, but I just okay. don't have I didn't, have not had the time to to watch Parasite properly. Okay, I'm not gonna give major spoilers, but the whole underlying theme of it is go ahead. I'm I'm past it. Like if you want to talk about it. Okay, well, just like us, and just like Jojo Rabbit, just like um, Joker, there are a lot of uh, symbolisms, and everything's not literal even if there is one whole literal story it's another symbolism for the privileged people being so blind to what the less privileged people are going through and for this situation it's kind of like us again you have this house as a symbolism for a country or a state and under there's an underground level of the house basically and that's kind of a spoiler <laughs> midway through the film there is an underground there's a basement in the house and that's where this hidden quote unquote parasite hides and he's like what? uh I, I won't get into the details of what he is exactly but there is a parasite what? under the house and <laughs> besides him the family also that is taking advantage of this rich family is also poor and it's basically a tale of them kind of taking advantage of these rich people who are so blind to their problems. And you kind of sympathize with them. It's like, I would do that too if I was in your situation. And this rich family was being so rude to everyone. And uh, the whole guy underground thing, midway through the movie, 
Midway through I'm the movie. This for the first time, so go ahead. Yeah. Because he's not a major player in the movie. Don't worry. He's not like uh, gonna. I'm not worried. I'm just. I'm very amazed because I don't know the plot. Like I don't. Okay. Okay. This for the first time. So like, I'm not gonna tell you who he is, but there's this dude underground, and he is a parasite technically of this rich household, and um, he's kind of a darker reflection of what this poor family is doing to the rich family because okay to give you guys who have not seen parasite which won best picture uh last year <laughs> i mean this year um it's about this poor family who disguises themselves as like a tutor as a driver as a cook for this house in order to basically get as much money as they can from this rich family and even if they're not qualified they faked all their qualifications and it was just so easy for them to infiltrate this rich family because they're so uninvolved with what goes on in the real world that it's really easy to take advantage of them. So Damn. that's kind of like the gist of Parasite for those who haven't seen it. And um, uh, side note, Jappy and I had this like bet for the Oscars. And we both, oh. we both believed that because we usually like talk about the nominees before the Oscars come on. And <laughs> we both believed that 1917 was going to win. Like, deep down, we believed that. But just, just, to, shake, <laughs> just, just, to, sh- just to shake things up, uh, I bet, hey, you know what? I bet Parasite's going to win. And then Javi was like, ah, nah, 1917's going to win. Because we both knew, like, 1917 is the ultimate Oscar bait movie. It, has, it is an Oscar bait movie. It's, war, it's a war film. It's technically amazing. Um, yeah, white people as the white leads. people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well, like it, it was formulaic to win an Oscar, but you know, Parasite won, which was amazing, which and is I, one, and, really great. And I wish I've seen it. I'm reading I, I, the synopsis now. Okay. Well, dude, don't read it all the way till the end, though. It's it's fun to watch it unravel. Oh, it's, but you just you make it so so cool sound. It's whoa, okay. whoa, whoa! I'm reading it. What the <laughs> heck? <laughs> Jappy reacts to Parasite, <laughs> to the synopsis of Parasite. Dude, it's even Whoa. more amazing if you watch it. So you have to, you have to see it. <laughs> okay. What the heck? Okay, wait, no. Let's get back to the podcast. Back to the podcast. Okay, so I think that was the last, the last movie on my list. Like, of movies hmm. that kind of foreshadowed 2020. Well, we could say The Lighthouse, but I haven't seen The Lighthouse. But I, I've seen people recommend us The Lighthouse. Yeah. Um, because it's a, it's a story of, of these, two, these, these two old men. Not two old men. Two men played by uh, William Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And they become lighthouse attendees, like lighthouse engineers, I guess. But it's in a secluded area. And it's kind of like a quarantine film type of thing I guess because they, they it's about they start losing their minds from the isolation um, and just being the two of them in the lighthouse that's the, that's the spoiler for okay because like technically we didn't really I mean quarantine's a huge part of 2020 and not yeah. a lot of these movies foreshadowed that they're more of like uh, prophetic for the political things happening the political and, unrest which yeah. you know terrible which is crazy because like none of us could have predicted this it's a like it's a biological thing happening and yet the politics are happening at the same time 
yeah, you'd, you'd think we would talk about the, the pandemic stuff, but no, it's the, the world is changing whether or not it's ready to, and that's both a good thing and a bad thing. If you notice all the moves you brought up, that's the main you know, pattern. It's all like yeah. uh, the masses rising against the more privileged or the people that don't care about them who are in power. Basically. And I guess because we, we relate and um, you know, we relate to the situation in the States, not in the same, on the same level, but we also are fighting for our freedom over here as best we can, even during this whole pandemic thing. And I, I guess now that we're done talking about uh, the 2019 movies that were uh, <laughs> a little bit, or if not very prophetic of 2020, just a, a quick side note. I just saw this post on FB like just uh, before we had this chat. Um, what was it? Dude, V for Vendetta was set in 2020. It's insane. Oh. And it's about this virus, right? There's a virus and a political uprising because of the situation. So eerie. It's 2020, dude. Oh my God. And also, just out of curiosity, I was like, hmm, you know what? What year did Pacific Rim happen in? So I Googled 2020. it. It started in 2020, and then the climax was 2025. V for Vendetta is actually a crazy one. Now, that's prophetic, but that's like crazy prophetic. almost exactly the same, especially if we're talking Philippines. Yeah. Because um, I can't speak for the, the States, uh, as, because I, I, I'm only talking about what, I, what I've heard, read, and know, yeah. but I don't have the same experiences. So as far as the Philippines goes, totalitarian government, um, you know, almost martial law type stuff going on. They're silencing comedians even, right? They're silencing people who talk up, who speak up. Um, curfews, corruption. All we just, all we need now is a masked hero. And everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's wearing masks in that movie. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, and that, that's, it's kind of happening, but like, uh, clinical masks like <laughs> they show up with masks on it's kind of it's kind of nuts but in our world it's N95 masks not like N95 Ga- masks Guy Fox masks that is interesting man remember how in the start of this, what remember how in the start of this conversation uh, we were saying you, know, you can't uh, bring up like older movies as prophetic because like they're movies about everything here, but this is the one exception it. I think this is the one it exception. counts because it's set in 2020 yeah. It counts because, like, it technically really prophesized in 2020, the world is going to hell and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So if you have a year in that movie, it's allowed to be prophetic. <laughs> like, for example, um, if there were hoverboards in 2015, then we would have said Back to the Future was prophetic. But it oh, I wish it had hoverboards. <laughs> but now I'm just waiting for the kaijus to pop up. Um, Manila is the second country they destroyed, the second city the kaijus destroyed in Pacific Rim, so I'm just waiting. Dude, even in Godzilla, in the 2015 Godzilla, or 2014 oh, wow. Godzilla, Philippines was yeah, the first but, country to pop up, right? Oh, man, we're in trouble. Uh-oh. And I saw the place, <laughs> I know the exact place they destroyed in the movie, so I know where that's going to be. It's, it's a in, long season. In Godzilla? Long head, in, in Pacific, Pacific Rim. They Uh-oh. showed a picture of Manila destroyed, right? Like, yeah. next it hit Manila. There's a picture of a kaiju, like, carcass on top of Manila. There's a bunch of jeeps. I know oh, where that that's is. that's so cool. <laughs> but you, you, know, you know what's funny about that, though? 
is, you know, <laughs> Filipinos are so blindly supportive of the Philippines in any context. Because I remember when oh, I watched yeah. when I watched Pacific Rim and they said, next they hit Manila. <laughs> the audience was like, Whoa! <laughs> I mean, we're craving we're craving attention for sure. Like Filipinos just need worldwide recognition. And you know what? We do have it now. So for, for the wrong reasons. For, you know, you know, human rights issues and stuff. Good job, government. So there we go. Dude, I wish for once our country would be known for something good besides Miss Universe or boxing. <laughs> hey. Miss Universe is awesome. Hey, I mean, um I, hey, I, are known I acknowledge for, that. But like we're known for something. We're known for good things too. What being hospitable to white people? <laughs> Whoa, that is true. It is true. Uh, that is true. Um, we have great eagles that are on the brink of extinction. <laughs> That's true, because Filipinos just can't get enough. Jeez. Oh God, what's the world coming to? I can't wait for the rest of 2020. Like, what's what's gonna happen? Aliens is what's always popping up in the memes, like. Oh, aliens are gonna be next, but it never happens. So I think we're gonna let's we have see. to start locally. You know, start locally. Okay. Um, natural disasters, uh, monsters like sea monsters and yeah. stuff could be possible. You know, we gotta start locally. So you know, support like, local disasters. You know what movie also came out last year that we didn't talk about is Endgame. <laughs> well, it's not that like. A prophetic, but it's also eerie how it's kind of like an apocalyptic setting, and we're kind That's of going true, through yeah. an apocalyptic thing right now. That is true, although it wasn't set in 2020. It wasn't, but it came out in 2019, so that yeah, falls but, under our bracket. Oh well, okay, no, okay, fine. I was gonna say that Marvel messed up their timeline. Yeah, it's not consistent. It's not consistent. An inconsistent timeline, but anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> and well, that, that was about it. If if you guys uh, know any movies that kind of predicted 2020, be it in 2019 or not, feel free to join the discussion. I don't know. You can DM us or uh, comment on the Message post. Us. Yeah, exactly. Or 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 this is an important thing. Like if we have said anything wrong about the political climate in the United States or here in the Philippines, um, just a disclaimer. I mean, we're not. American citizens, we don't know. We just know what we read and what we understand and what we consume. And we're prone to make mistakes. So we're sorry if we made any mistakes. Yes, Please okay. feel free to correct us. We're very open to that. and We'd love to learn more. So Yeah. yeah. Um, so th- that just about wraps up this episode. I think it's, it's been my most serious episode so far. Like, I mean, 2020, as, as funny as we try to make it, has yeah. not been a fun year. It's just it's a serious year with serious things going on. And as um, chill as our discussions usually are, I think it would have been impossible to not talk about you know, all this like, uh, relevant stuff, especially in a crazy yeah. time like this. So if you guys like, enjoyed this or hated this, whatever, feel free to let us know. And if you want to join, I don't know, if you want to join our discussion, join me and Jappy, join me, uh, just let me know. Episode. Yeah, just let me know yeah. if you want to be in the show. Hopefully, 2020 doesn't get so bad that we're gonna have to talk about doomsday movies again but this time on a prophetic level hopefully we'll not. see it's six more months in this year you know it's crazy for real though okay <laughs>